0: To Ableton. Oh, that's a oh, You're guilty! Justin Madden's got the sit. One hand. Oh, oh, oh. oh, the post is broken. Matthew's hit it. Oh, talk about a He Man. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. This is your football life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Hey, Matthew. Get ADU and get ADU all over the world. This is Your Footy Life, brought to you with the kindest regards of Tobin Brothers. And today's guest deserves to be interviewed by me because his contribution both on and off the field in the game of football is just magnificent. Some play and move on, our players, but others have more of an impact and today's guest is one of them. They make a lasting impression. And our man played 167 games at the highest level, 136 for Geelong and 31 for the Tigers between 1965 and '75. And this is the crunch. He is a 1974 Richmond Premiership player. Well, if you guessed Gareth Andrews, folks, you are right. And he's on the line. How are you, my friend?
1: I'm great. Thanks, Rex.
0: And we are friends, not only through football, but through life. And who would have thought in round seven, 1974, when we crossed paths on the the Laverton Freeway or the Geelong Freeway that What would happen did happen, and you became a Richmond Premiership player. I'd already had a couple of Premierships, and uh, it was a pretty decent swap back then.
1: Yeah, no, look, it it worked really well, and uh, it's hard to... Interestingly enough, one of the things is we both wore the same number at both clubs, Geelong and Richmond.
0: Five and six, Uh,
1: yep. we, We never played one game in the same side and yet we've uh, spent the rest of our lives since our footy days joined at the hip in this funny way that we have been.
0: Isn't that amazing? And, look, I don't want to denigrate on what Richmond are doing at the moment. They've got some problems, but so have every club and that sort of thing. But uh, that Premiership medallion that you have and my Premiership medallion, and when we meet in those legends rooms with when we were there with Tommy and now we continue the tradition... That's what joined at the hip means, because being a Richmond Premiership player is, in Bruce McAvaney's words, special.
1: Yeah, well, it, it is, and uh, I, I uh, take great joy in my Premiership with Richmond. Everybody knows that I've spent a, uh, a lifetime uh, as a Geelong boy, and you have. following Geelong and playing with them for nine years, and... Uh, um, and and being on the board, of course, in the last well, for 15 years of uh, that great era. But um, my my joining Richmond when I did, um, and yeah, I agree with you, it worked for both of us, was like somebody having a love affair, Rex. And it was just, I had an absolute love affair with Richmond. Mm. And those days are... Uh, just like the memories that we take away from some of those affairs. Yeah, and um, and,
0: and, and people from both Richmond and Geelong have become your lifelong friends, not only uh, in health but in sickness as well. Uh, can you explain to our listeners right around the nation a little bit about the rivalry between the Geelong College and the Geelong Grammar? Because you came from the college, and, of course, we've had the boy from the Grammar, John William Noel Newman, on. Uh, <laughs> was it Was it a... It was a pretty decent sort of rivalry between the college and the grammar.
1: Oh, yeah. No, it was a great rivalry between the two uh, public schools they were called then. Which yeah. It's just ridiculous because they're private <laughs> yeah, schools. Very much so. That's one thing I've never been able to work Me neither. Out. No. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there was great rivalry in, in cricket, football, athletics and on the river. And they were literally the only sport, four sports back in those days. Yeah. And... Uh, it was, uh, you know, when we played cricket, for example, at the Geelong Grammar School out of Cario, the Rolls Royce used to arrive from the uh, country uh, mansions for the uh, grammar parents were just lined up around the ground. <laughs> um, they just, and they used to get really um, quite upset when when uh, we'd kick it and land it on the bonnet of the Rolls. Yeah. But uh, they, they were uh, great days, and fortunately, during that particular era, grammar didn't win too many footy games. In fact, I went to a Geelong Grammar function once. I was an invited guest about 15 years ago. I think I was speaking at something. And um, somebody mentioned that day they were celebrating 100 years. And I said, oh, that's great, 100 years of celebration. Yeah, 100 years since they would won a premiership. (laughs) (laughs) I I thought that was pretty sad. It sounded like Leicester. At least Leicester's (laughs) won something now.
0: Gareth Andrews joins us on This Is Your Footy Life. And the Geelong and Richmond star has been good enough to join us. But tell us about your debut season in 65. Uh, the great Doug Wade, I believe, had an injury. And you slotted yep. right into full uh, full forward. And uh, despite the fact, you know, that uh, I don't, I think Sam Newman won't ever invite you for the kicking academy. You could mm. actually, you're like me, you could actually mark the ball. And in those days, that what it was all about, standing in the goal square with your opponent kick it along to Gareth and get out of his way like they did with Royce.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, absolutely. And one of the things, I don't know, don't use Royce in that
0: same, uh, in the same <laughs> sentence. Oh, sorry. It. <laughs> kick it along to Barmy. <laughs> yeah, just kick it along, <laughs> Kick it long and hope Gareth would yeah. get his big and,
1: bum stuck in the way.
0: Exactly. <laughs>
1: um, yeah, look, I, I I came straight out of school and I, yeah. I got the first game and um, because of Wadey's... Knee injury and Wadey was my hero at school because back in those days he was kicking goals. One of our great stories, and we've done it in a in a stand up show quite on quite a number of occasions yeah. where we talk about how we've uh um Wadey. Uh, I, I, I start off by saying, Well, Wadey and I between each other kicked 12, uh, we were the leading Geelong goal kickers for 12 seasons you in, were. in a row. Him 11 and you said, won. And how many did you kick? <laughs> how many did you win, Gareth? I said one. <laughs> Because the next season he was right to come back, and yeah. um, and I I did have a, a look. I had a pretty good season. I was eighteen year old kid. I kicked seven one day, which is a you know fair haul. Yeah. And um, and and we only play and we did play fewer games in those years. Yeah. We, we played eighteen games. And the big uh, thing about I, it
0: is is when when he got well, Gareth Andrews. Uh, everyone wants to know what happened to you. Did you go out of the side or did they move you? Oh
1: look, I had a, a pretty ordinary. I had the second year Blues back then and then interestingly enough, I ended up at centre-half forward, and one of the big changes in my career came um, because of Sam Newman being injured with his kidney in that yeah. 1967 first semif- semi-final. Was. I played centre-half forward a fair bit of the season, but I was on the bench in those days, in that particular game, and that was when if uh, you, know, you may not even appear on the ground
0: if you yeah. sat on the
1: bench, and he came off early in the game, and uh, in a way, the rest was history. I played at centre-half forward through to the grand final that yeah. year.
0: And, of course, um, uh, footy footy was part-time in those days, Gareth Andrews, and uh, you were well-tuned of not only life after footy, but life during footy. Uh, yeah. You did a degree, and you'd always had a, a a vision that you might have a future after footy in business. Was that the case?
1: Uh, yeah, I did, although footy was... Uh, I loved my footy. Uh, I, I, I think I, I saw myself as having a future after footy because um, what else was there really to do? You're, you, I've always, uh, I know this is you interviewing me, but I've said to you, I've always admired you because uh, you had two great loves uh, be, uh, beyond family in your life and that was um, footy, uh, uh, footy and fishing. Yeah. And you were able to make a career out of that. And I actually wish i'd gone down a different route but that's another yeah.
0: story i say um, i say to kids sometimes I and i, I yeah i, I say to kids sometimes before. and i use you is that uh, i think i said to you a cup of tea once that you find something you love doing and get someone to pay you to do it
1: yeah, yeah, because you, you know, get you so many
0: people uh complaining about their wife or their job and i said we'll find a new one of both of them
1: yeah you know, we <laughs> won't
0: get in that track with you will we no, no, that's, a, that's Tell us a, about sort of rubbing shoulders it. with household names like Farmer and Goggin and dinkum, unbelievable yeah. Bobby Davis and Peter Piano and a a long a, a young Sammy Newman. Geelong yeah, well, was a star-studded side, weren't they, in the 60s? We we did.
1: We had uh, terrific sides. We played in the finals for about eight nine years in a row, and uh, and only won one premiership. That was '63, and I think uh, you know, I whatever else we say that. The Geelong side in um, '67 had the premiership stolen from sure. us by <laughs> Richmond. No, no, I'm not saying that wrongly. For the I right understand Richmond had a much better coach side with Tommy Hafey. Yeah. They had future champions, and we had a, a team of probably champions who, uh, you know, weren't coached as well. And I don't mean to denigrate our coach uh, at the time, but it was that's a fact. And, yeah. Uh, we did have Polly and. Uh, that, was the last, that game actually was the last game Polly played for Geelong because they weren't prepared, prepared to pay him another $1,000 for the next year. Goodness so the me. great legendary Polly Farmer went back to Perth and continued to ply his trade. For a grand. And, and I, Yeah. And I feel proud to have... Uh, when I mentioned sort of way back in those days and even to say you played with Polly Farmer, oh. people immediately think you're in your grave, number yeah. one. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just to have uh, been at centre-half Ford while he was knocking it out to Billy Goggon or Tony Pollinelli and watching it go down to Sharrock or Wade. Mm. I was right in the middle of a, a, a great show. Um, and just
0: a great community, Geelong, to see what it's done in the national competition now with night games and that sort of thing. It was just fantastic. Um, tell us about the lead-up uh, to the swap with yours truly, Round 7, 1974. I can recall you as a real estate agent in Bridge Road or Punt Road or something that you actually yep. trained with the Richmond Football Club to save you driving down to Geelong one night.
1: Well, I was always a wee bit different. I trained with Melbourne before that. Uh, and I don't know where, why I remember because I trained with the Demons at the MCG and uh, Ian Ridley was a coach. And then somehow or other, because I was uh, working in Richmond, Which was about fifty yards closer to my office from the Richmond footy ground than the G. Yeah, I ended up, or whether that was Graham Richmond having something up his sleeve, probably the latter. Yeah, I ended up playing with the Tigers. But in '71, I took a year off footy. Really? Um, I went overseas for a year with my mate Jeff Ainsworth, and another uh, Geelong player. Yeah, he he became captain in '73. So I was one of the stories I use with my foundation, Rex, is I talk about my preparedness back then to change. Mm. I changed because I just wanted to be one of those young blokes that travel. I wanted to spend my sort of off year travelling around the world, which I did as a 23-year-old. And then I wanted to play in a Richmond... No, I wanted to play in a premiership uh, at the end of my career, which I got because I sort of put myself out
0: there.
1: So to a certain degree, I the 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 swap came about because I put my foot in the water and said, I want to play with Richmond, And my business was in Richmond. Yeah. And I just started talking to the the decision makers. you know I used to always go for lunch at Graham Richmond's pub, which didn't do any harm. No, uh, great mates with Barry Richardson. So they were pecking away at me, whereas Geelong was just making an assumption that I was going to hang around. and then when I, said, yes, let's go. They tried to hold on to me. And then suddenly Richmond and Geelong, so suddenly Geelong said, look, we really need a centre-half forward and Rex is our man. Geelong had been looking at me as a centre-half back. Yeah. And the swap happened.
0: Imagine it happening today. I don't think so. We're going to take a break on this as your footy life. It's my great honour to have my friend that you're listening to, Gareth Andrews. It's brought to you by Tobin Brothers Funeral, celebrating lives. Don't get nervous, uh, Gareth, because we can organise just a discount for your funeral. But uh, we're talking to Gareth Andrews, and out of the break, we continue on a marvellous career off the field and a man who cares about other people doing a wonderful job in an area that he's passionate about. I'm Rex Hunt. I'm talking to Gareth Andrews. And for Tobin Brothers, this is your football life. Dream rises to the top. He is an absolute legend of the game. You're listening to This Is Your Football Life with Rex Hunt for Tobin Brothers Funerals. Celebrating lives. Uh, thank you, Matthew. We're talking about a pretty fair player in Gareth Andrews. He could get the ball and put it through the sticks and he was quite a physical and tough fella. And he's got a premiership medallion with Richmond and that to me just says it all. Uh Let's hope it doesn't continue to become an endangered species. Uh, before I get back with Gareth, round seven it was, 1974. Andrews to, uh, to Richmond, myself to Geelong. And in round eight, uh, Gareth's first game for Richmond was against North Melbourne. In round seven, Gareth's last game with Geelong was against North Melbourne. And there's a little bit of trivia for you. And in 1974, Gareth played against North Melbourne with two sides, once with Geelong and three times with Richmond. That's got to be some sort of record for a trivia night, my friend. Oh,
1: well, the, the, the final part of that trivia question or issue, matter, whatever you call it, was that I played in the swap week. I played on Arnold Brighters two weeks in a row.
0: In different ger- Guernseys?
1: Yeah, yeah, and that was, uh, that was when Arnold was uh, Victorian centre-half forward, actually.
0: <laughs> when you retired and, from uh, the game, um, were you ready? Or the game said you were ready. Uh, the
1: the game said I was ready, I think. And I I I look, money would have said I wasn't if it was if I was playing today. I probably would have stayed on a bit longer. But I'd I'd had a couple of knocks in my head. And what you said a bit earlier was that uh, I realised there was going to have to be a life after footy, and uh, I didn't want to get bashed around a lot anymore. And one of the options was going out and playing with a VFA or going to a country club or playing interstate, and I wanted to do n- none of those. I'd, you know, I'd done a degree at university for whatever uh, for whatever that might have been worth. Obviously, it's still worth a lot. Of, it's still worth a lot, but uh, it it didn't decide what I wanted to do post footy. I just oh. thought that I didn't want to play at a lo- in a lower grade just for the sake of money. Yeah. And, I, I and, wanted to not have my brains knocked out, I guess.
0: And I reckon that's a pretty fair uh, way to look at it. Um,
1: hmm.
0: When you finished playing, one of your first jobs out of the game was as football manager and then CEO of the Mighty Richmond Footy Club. Uh, yeah, tell us about yeah. that.
1: Oh, well, I was... Uh, so they, they kept me on in a role as uh, football manager and then I uh, I wanted to stay in footy Rex, uh, but I didn't ever want to coach. I just wanted to have continue to have an interest in Putty.
0: yeah and
1: then they came to me to uh, take on the CEO role which um, I, I think it might have been max scales that I took over from maxie yeah uh, because again it was post Alan Swab um, because who had gone to the AFL yeah and uh, and and I I, I, I like the I liked the job but I didn't like um, I was sort of still young, newly married as it turned out soon after that Um, and interestingly enough it was back when you were as a CEO or general manager it was back then your chief cook and bottle wash you almost had no infrastructure. I remember one day we were going we had planned we were negotiating with Carlton United and we were about the only club back there in about 78 who had a sponsor and we had Carlton United and our our we were getting $20,000 a year from Carlton United. And after Wilson, Wilson and Wilson, uh, I think it might've been Lou Mangled or someone at Carlton United, he'd teed up a lunch to go and negotiate with our contract. And I'd put together a paper and uh, we we're all set to go. I got a phone call that morning from Graham Richmond to say, Harry Jenkins was watching a player down in Bur- Burnie or somewhere. And he wanted me to go down and have a look at him. And I, I said, see. well, look, I can't. Yeah. Um, uh, look at this young kid i said i can't i've got this lunch at CU- cub he said uh Octor can do that you're going down to tasmania wow so you were the recruiting man you the you're you're running it then i probably had to get back to uh host the coterie
0: you've got five uh, blokes on a million dollars to do all those jobs you had to do in one absolutely and while you're at yeah. it i'll take white with two Yeah, exactly. Let's talk about the most important thing that you're involved in, Gareth Andrews, and that's the VFL Players Association. We see today a very well-oiled machine that represents players. But tell us Mm. about the early involvement, you, and it's not unfair to say that you were one of the founders of the VFL Players Association representing players' rights. Um,
1: Well, you know, it's been sort of documented in the last... and uh, um, confirmed in the last couple of years. I can remember it well. Jeff Pryor and I uh, um, worked on it through 1973. Uh, we'd been at University College together, Jeff and myself, and he was at Essendon and I was at uh, Geelong. So we knew each other pretty yeah, wasn't
0: well. Wasn't he a tough old wiry customer yeah, on the he field? Was. Yeah, he still is a t-
1: t- tough old uh, Yeah, boot. Bloke up in Canberra, and he's a good bloke. Yeah. And, and we just saw that players were getting a, um, a rough deal. Jeff, coming from. Uh, uh, a, a real lefty background, which he, you know, uh, which he is and was. Um, and me just coming from saying, look, there's a lot of unfairness in footy and the way players have being. I just, I've just, and that, that's sort of a, a bit of a segue to what I do now. I just saw unfairness in the system. I saw that we were being misused by clubs and misused by the uh, the VFL, such as it was then. Mm. And, and we set up, we decided to go and we, <laughs> Our first four or five months there, we we brought in a number of people and we just had to be absolutely secret about what we were doing because any clubs then, and the VFL just saw us as a group of uh, rabble-rousers and they almost didn't want to have anything to do with us.
0: I see. But then we,
1: we, we ended up having a general meeting and we got about 10 of the 12 clubs represented. North Melbourne was just never on with North. Um, their players were just outlawed from, banned from being part of it. And it's been really interesting to watch the AFLPA, uh, the VFLPA as we knew it then. Yeah. We were going to call ourselves a union early days. Oh. Um, and uh, we thought, oh no, we'll call them an association. Because <laughs> there was an association uh, in, uh, in in in, in uh, England, in the UK. Yeah. Um, so we thought, no, we'll stick with that. We had Bob Hawke. As our guest at one of our really early, it might have been about seventy-five. Wow! At our AGM. Yeah. And he was the head of the, uh, you know, the Victorian, what is it, the union?
0: Yeah. And,
1: uh, and there was an election coming up the fo- that week, and Bob Hawke was had been was cited in the paper as not being available because he was sick, and we thought that's yeah. the end of our speaker. I rang him and said oh i see you're sick he said i won't be too sick to come to your function boys don't worry about that we uh, we actually threw him out of the hotel at about 3 a.m oh <laughs>
0: he, goodness he, mate. Was
1: too, he was too sick to go to a labor function but he wasn't too sick to come and do with the players not.
0: you're listening to this is your footy light, brought to you by tobin brothers celebrating lives folks we're talking to gareth andrews my dear friend who was a director or has been a director and vice president of Geelong Footy Club since 1998 to the present day. Uh, The depths that the Geelong Footy Club fell into in the 90s was a real challenge through the early 2000s and together with Frank Costa and the rest of the team, they guided Geelong to this incredible turnaround for the Cats to win three premierships. Time doesn't allow me to talk too much about that, but I want to talk about your involvement with your foundation, Life Again, it specialises in helping men with various problems. For a couple of minutes, can you just outline what you're doing and uh, and the passion that you have for this and the major problem oh, yeah. that we are having in society?
1: Yeah, Rex. I, look, I, I I struggled through my uh, for about 50, I, I became clinically depressed in when I was 55, and I decided and I when I when that happened, I sort of looked back and reflected on about 15 or 20 years before that where. I was struggling and and hadn't been brave enough at that stage to admit it. And uh, it's only when I was really talking to people and interacting with people that I discovered that so many of my friends and uh, colleagues had been through the same thing. And at that stage, I absolutely determined that I would love to do something to help those people and make sure other people don't sink to the lows that I, I got to because I really did underperform, underachieve and I think that's one of the greatest issues in our society. We, ex- we believe that uh, everyone hurts uh, except men. You yeah. know, men are strong enough. Men are tough enough. We've got egos and all of that. Um, the great American writer Thoreau says, most men lead lives of quiet desperation. Uh, and, and, you know, and most men do lead like, they They don't tell anyone. No, It's all right to tell people when you're depressed, and, you know, a lot of the talk these days is, you know, speak to somebody. But often it's because when you've hit the wall. But, you, you, but most guys or so many men are struggling. They're, they're, and if you ask them if they're depressed, I'd say no. Are you un, un, unhappy? Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I'm unhappy. I'm unfulfilled. I've got no purpose. What am I doing here? All of that sort of stuff. And then think of a leader, and that just trickles down to his... You know, as people think of you, how you perform at home with your partner, with your kids, Mm. all of that sort of thing. It just affects your being.
0: Goodness me, Gareth. Uh, We could go on and on, but I know that there will be people, many men listening to this all over the world, uh, listening to me talking to you who should now go on to lifeagain.com.au and be inspired by the stories of men who have embraced embraced life again uh, with Gareth, with his story and uh, there is always hope, and while you've got hope, that's what it's all about. What a yep. great thrill it's been for me, my friend, to uh, talk to you today, not only about footy, but about something that's passionate to you and men's health, and uh, thanks for being brave today in helping others and chatting to us on This Is Your Footy Life. Thanks, Rex, really enjoyed chatting to you. Cheers. Thank you, thank you very much to Gareth Andrews. Folks, 80 years ago, Tobin Brothers Funerals was founded by brothers Leo, Fonce, Thomas and Kevin. The company flourished due to the brothers' vision, hard work and diverse strengths and interests. The first Tobin Brothers branch opened in North Melbourne and these days is home to their head office and chapel. Today, Tobin Brothers Funerals is still owned by the Tobin family and is a trusted household name with 22 locations and over 190 trained professionals. Find out more at tobinbrothers.com.au. And Gareth, thanks for being brave today and helping others because that's the man that I know and call a friend. It's lifeagain.com.au. If you'd like to hear extended versions of this interview, check out facebook.com forward slash Tobin Brothers Funerals or follow us on Twitter, at Rex Life. This has been This Is Your Footy Life and join us next time as we delve into the history of our great Australian game. Thanks to Tobin Brothers, celebrating lives.